but is Rosh Chodesh morning here at the JM and the AM. And we have a very, very special guest with us live in studio. Unfortunately, Rabbi Rothwax is requiring that I go through the dinner information first before I introduce our <laughs> special guest. So I got to do all this boring dinner info first, and then we will get to someone who is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the star of the upcoming annual benefit dinner for Sinai. And, of course, a uh, a very welcome visitor to our studio. We'll start with everybody Yisrael Rothwax, of course, who certainly is welcome here. He is the dean of the Sinai Schools. On February the 25th, 10 days from now, it's a Sunday night at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck. We get an opportunity to celebrate the amazing work of Sinai. Information, SinaiDinner.org or 201-833-1134, 201-833-1134. Three, four. There are many distinguished honorees. Rabbi Yisrael Rothwax, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thanks so much for having us this morning. A pleasure to have you here. Sinai continues to do unbelievable work. Must be incredible for you as you continue to meet people who are the fruits of the very hard labor of the staff of Sinai, both today and from past years. A lot of people put in a lot of work. To improve the lives of a lot of students out there. It's true. You know, people ask me often, what's the uh, secret ingredient to the recipe of Sinai? And it is, you know, hands down, an incredible, incredible staff. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear from Malcolm, obviously, in a minute. We certainly will. Uh, how old is Sinai? This organization has been around for how many years? 36 years. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that uh, it's so successful. It's, uh, or, or I should say the opposite. It, it's the, the fact that it has such incredible lasting value. And has such a uh, you know has been doing so much work for so many decades is testament to how to how successful it's been. Uh, the Sinai Schools, for those who are not familiar with the uh, incredible operation that you run, how would you describe it? Uh, we are blessed to have partnerships with six different schools, with uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and their high school, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and YNJ and TABC and Mayanot and Heichal HaTorah. And uh, Mirza Hashem this fall uh, with SAR as well. Oh, nice. And um, it, through our partnerships with these schools, able to have a place within the Jewish community that is truly inclusive uh, and offers individualized and specialized services for kids with, with special needs. So parents don't have to choose, do I have to send my kid to a place that has really excellent education, but you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice the, the Jewish environment or have to push their kid through, you know, a typical yeshiva where they may not be getting the services they need. Here, um, there, there's there's no sacrifice and uh, and kids could be getting what they need. All right, Rothwax is here, Dean of Sinai. We should mention as you go through that list of schools, you're taking care of K through 12. Those schools combined are taking care of a variety of grades from kindergarten through 12th grade. Correct. So yeah. elementary school, high school, and you Correct. mentioned SAR, you're adding the entire elementary school, right? So we're going to start with uh, with the little guys, first right. through uh, third grade to begin with, and then over the, over the years uh, grow through uh, through the eighth grade. The dinner happens on Sunday, February 25th. We cannot emphasize enough how necessary this dinner is. Uh, every dinner obviously raises funds for the organization, but without this dinner and without support of the community, it would be impossible for parents to afford what's necessary for you to provide for them and their families. Parents are um, desperately in need of the support that we're giving. It's really expensive. Major scholarships you are giving. And I mean, 
for those of us who have benefited from scholarships, as we said to our kids to school, right. yours are major, right, right. major scholarships because the cost is even higher right. than what we're used to right. at regular by, by Yeshiva Day schools. By factors of, you know, a right. no, a, two, three times the amount right. of, in terms of the number of scholarships that we're providing, and um, not the, the amount of money in terms right. of each, each, each family needs. And, uh, and correct, you know, parents wouldn't be able to do without it. And, and our, our dinner is a testament to an amazing community. We, you know, going to have almost a thousand people in that room, um, you know, a handful of whom are, are Sinai parents or board members, right. but um, vast majority of people who are just, uh, I shouldn't say just, right. but who people are members of the community who, who recognize that every kid needs a place in the yeshiva. Um, and who uh, come out to support us every year. All right, you have a long list of honorees, thank God, because they help uh, you know, in, increase the circle of support, which is always important. Um, we want to recognize Ruthie and Chazen Shim Kramer, good friends of the show, of course. Uh, they're being recognized by Sinai on the 25th of February. Amy and Dr. <laughs> Joshua Fogelman, Dr. Perla and Dr. Uh, Gerardo Yablanovic. I hope that's uh, pronounced properly. Lawrence Insera and the Insera family of Insera Supermarkets, they're going to receive a community partnership award uh, on the night of the 25th. Plus, Shimmy Stein, somebody very familiar to this neighborhood, because his roots are on the Lower East Side, he'll get the Shomer Sheirit Yisrael Award. There'll be a special tribute to memory of Jacob Weinstein. When, when he passed away, um, the few people that I know who are directly involved in the Sinai program were devastated. Um one cannot express the amount of uh, of um, the amount that he put into each student and how much nachas he got from those who progressed through the ranks, so to speak. He was an unbelievable person. He's you know one of those people who um, not only cared so deeply about everybody, but everybody knew it. Right. Right. So you know when when kids would walk into the building and they you know that they had a tough night before and they were just not in the mood for school. You know, getting that, that high five from Jake and the smile and a few words of encouragement kind of took them through the rest of their day. He was, he was a very, really incredibly special person, and we, we miss him dearly. A uh, special tribute to the associate director, Jacob Weinstein, at the dinner. And uh, information about all of this, SinaiDinner.org, SinaiDinner.org, or 201-833-1134, 201-833-1134. And now it's time to introduce our special guest, uh, premiering at the Sinai dinner uh, will be a film. I guess it's a film, right? Short yes. film. Walking Through Fire, Overcoming Disabilities and Painful Loss. He, meaning Yaakov Gutman, rose to create his own destiny. Yaakov Gutman is a Sinai alum. He's star of this year's feature documentary at the Sinai dinner on the 25th of February, and he is here at JM in the AM. Welcome. Breeze that up. Welcome. Shalom, shalom. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yaakov reminded me that we did, have, I did have an opportunity to speak when JNF arranged for a conversation between the two of us. That was around the time uh, when they were focused on the incredible work of uh, the fire departments that they helped support and help, um, uh, I guess, support up in, uh, in Israel. Yeah, in, in uh, the JNF, um, JNF is a huge, 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 huge supporter of, right. the, uh, of the Israeli fire department. And uh, especially during the time, it was right around the time uh, in November of 2016, we were having the uh, the intense fires through Israel. We had three days of right. incredibly, incredibly hard fires. And a little bit after that, um, the JNF said, look, we really would like you to speak to Tanakhum to really you know, get the message out there and talk about what you went through. I was working, I literally worked for 72 hours straight. Um, it, was a, it was a hard, long shift. And I can only yeah. imagine. And the suspicion was arson, correct? 
The suspicion was arson. Uh, there were certain cases of it, but um, there were some just natural cases of right. you know apartment fires and uh, and wildland fires that just went out. You went to MTA. I did go to MTA. When were you first introduced to Sinai? So when I was first, unfortunately, uh, just to go back in my past, huh. when I was uh, when I was ten years old, unfortunately, my father passed away, and uh, eight months after that, my uncle passed away, and I uh, completely shut down academically, and. I, um, so you're I was, fifth, sixth grade? I was about fifth grade. It was about fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And then fifth grade, fifth through eighth grade, I was, uh, fifth grade, I, I went to Sinai. And then I was there from fifth through eighth grade. Ninth grade, I actually went to TABC for half a year. Um, fortunately, I was too far behind the ball at that time. I had, a, I was, uh, I, I was, um, put down into, uh, into Sinai. And then from there, I decided the best place would be for what was going on at that time. I went to uh, MTA in the Patak program. You were living in what neighborhood at that time? Bergenfield. Okay. Where my mom still lives now. So you go through high school. You had mm -hmm. this Sinai experience from 5th <laughs> through 8th. Yeah. And I would guess, if you're here as an honoree, mm -hmm. and you've come all the way to Manhattan <laughs> to join us in promoting this dinner, those four years were quite significant for you. Yeah, um, I went into fourth, fifth grade, not learning how to, not knowing how to read. Literally, literally, could not read. You going to give me a book? Hebrew, that, English didn't matter. No, nothing. Um, I have, uh, you know, if you read my IEP or whatever it is, it, I, it's written down of extreme dyslexia and ADD and all that other, you know, junk that goes along with it. Do you mind if I ask how old you are now? Thirty-three. Thank you. So you go through all this, and that's mm. the situation in fourth grade. Sinai is introduced to you, right? Right. They recommend it, I guess, at that point. Uh, it's, it's recommended to my mom, right. obviously, the educators. You know, at that point, um, after the, the tragedy that I went through with my father uh, passing, you know, I, I, I wasn't in a place to be able to say anything, uh, you know, what my future was. I didn't even know right. what anything was. And the educators at that time and my mom decided that this would be the best option for me to, uh, to better my education. And... I went through, you know, I, I went into Sinai as a very angry child and a very, you know, unaccepting, uh, to say the least, or, or stubborn. Uncooperative? Yeah. <laughs> Uncooperative. That's a good word. I like that. I'm very, very Remember good word. That one. Yeah. You should have brought his like wife that. on in the studio. Yeah. What did you say? You should have brought his wife in the studio and see what yeah. he said. <laughs> and then he really would have seen what he would have said, right? Um, so, you know, very uncooperative uh, individual at that time. And really just against the system, you know, really just did not want to be there, didn't want to be a part of it, didn't want to do anything. And um, the staff there really saw something in me that I didn't even see myself. And Mrs. Karp, who is one of the, uh, the educators now, she is the dean of, uh, the associate dean of, uh, of the school, um, decided, okay, here's some, here's some potential in a kid. Let's see what we can do with it. And after hours of school, she sat down with me and taught me the Wilson program, which is a program that teaches you how to read and break down words, um, actually sat with me for hours. And we're like hours upon you hours. You remember this process. Oh, my God. It was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I hated every hour of it. I love her. She's great. But, man, that was – you know what I'm saying? You had it. So you were cooperative enough to sit down and do it, but – you still hated the whole experience. Well, again, that cooperative word right. is really strong. <laughs> right. Force, you know, strongly was, suggested, right? Force, strongly suggested, <laughs> gun to your head, whichever you want to, you know, put it out there. You know, um, no. In all honesty, I really realized that if I don't get my act together, I'm not gonna be able to succeed in life. Period. And this is what fifth grade. This is already at uh, fifth, fifth, sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. So you go through all those sessions. When do you say mm -hmm. to yourself, "Okay, now I know how to read"? Like, when does it? 
when does I it hit picked you? up the book and could read. Right. And that's is that is that in sixth grade? Uh no. I mean even it, really, earlier? It, it was a long, long period of time right. till I really could read fluently. I mean, it was breaking down words, it was learning it was in a sense learning the alphabet over again right. and learning it a different way. You know, kids who are who have these uh, learning disabilities, you know, think in a different way and think outside of the box. Right. And, and excuse the silliness behind this sure. question, but I'm being serious. How different is life when you know how to read? It's day and night. It is day You know, night. imagine you're walking down the street and you want to go for pizza. Right. Right? So you see it says Rico's Pizza. I didn't say it says Rico's Pizza. I looked at the symbols. I looked at the pictures. The picture of the pizza you pie. Know, I look at, you know, at the design of it. Right. What does it look you know, like? What does it look like? I mean, again, I don't remember so much of that time right. and what it was differently, but I, but the social pressure and the social difference of did all friends, my friends. Did they know you couldn't read? So it came out. You know, uh, friends of mine were saying, hey, man, look, you know, uh, come, over, come over to my house so we, can, right. uh, so we can do science homework or do math homework. So math is no problem. I got numbers. All good. We can fly with that. Science homework comes out. We got to read about photosynthesis and biology, anatomy, and other physics, whatever words, it right. is. And I'm going, uh, you know, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go get a snack. I got to go run somewhere else. And I'd get out of my turn and all of a sudden, you know, friends would come over and be like, can you read? And I'd just sit there and go, and like, look, man, unfortunately, no, I can't. And to be clear, and, it's not that Yaakov didn't know these things. He was learning them in class and knew what photosynthesis was. But when it came down to reading right. from the book. Couldn't right. see it in the right. book. Right. No, so again, I, w- I was an auditorial learner. If right. you spoke it, you know, if you spoke with me and everything else, I could verbatim put it back to you with no problem. But if you opened the book and gave it to me in front of me, it's like, you know, a monkey looking at Chinese. It just wouldn't work. Unbelievable. Yaakov Gutman's here. Um, can we call him an honoree? We can call him an we honoree. We definitely We're can. We're calling him an honoree <laughs> at the Sinai dinner on the 25th of February. All right. So, I, I, I mean, unfortunately, the clock forces us to do this a bit more quickly. As many, I, I do have other questions I'd love to ask you about that experience. But at some point, you graduate elementary school. And when <laughs> you did. do graduate elementary school, are you at the level of a regular eighth grader or not? So I took my level from a fourth, fifth grade reading level, science level, math level, et cetera. And I moved it up as close as I could to eighth, ninth grade with all of the help of the teachers, the staff at Sinai. While you're tutors, in eighth, ninth grade. When I was in eighth, ninth right. grade. Um, and I got up, you know, most of my levels, I did get up to that math. Uh, I did science. I did history. I did. Uh, but unfortunately that time, my, um, it was actually my Gamara, uh, skills at that time, which weren't up to par and I failed Gamara for ninth grade. And that was the cherry on top that put me into the Sinai program again for the second half of ninth grade. Right. Um, and then you eventually graduate from MTA. <coughs> yeah. Knowing as you're going through your 12th grade graduation, mm-hmm. that without the early experience that you described with assistant Dean Carp, mm-hmm. you would not, it would be impossible for you to have been there. 100%. Not a chance. There's no question. I mean, you know, a teacher has a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to either, and I was speaking about this with Robbie Warthwax on the way, on the way uh, uh, into the show, was that you have a wonderful opportunity as an educator. You can completely demolish a child with easy words or even with easier words you can lift up a child you know saying to somebody hey it's going to be tough but we'll get through it together is the greatest thing you can say to a kid because all of a sudden he feels that he's got somebody behind him who's going to help him move forward but it's even easier in a sense to really say to somebody all right take care of it on your own and and to put this into you know context this is from a conversation we were having before about humility 
Right. And Yaakov is saying, I know people call me a hero. I'm not a hero. I mean, I save lives. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I do. And, and I, get, I get why it's important and why maybe some people you know, wouldn't have the guts to do that. But the real heroes are the teachers. And right. going on, you know, It's 100% so, true. Yeah. You leave MTA. Do you then go through what we might regard as a normal course after that? I don't know. Israel or not Israel? So I left MTA, went to uh, Yeshiva Leva Torah, oh, which is in Rabbi Shemes, where Boaz Mori is the Did you enjoy Rosh that Shiva experience? There. Best experience. It's a great life. school. Wonderful, wonderful place. Amazing educators. And they take care of Israeli soldiers, by the way. That is 100% you're, you're familiar correct. with that. <laughs> that was Probably the, the only one, well, I got to be careful saying this, but let's say, say it this way. The only American-type school that has reached out to Israeli soldiers the way they have. Let's put it that way. Um, I we can't. I can't, I can't say other schools right. and the Hezir Shivas and all the other Mechina programs. Well, Hezir would be a different else. type category, right? But I mean, yeah, they are very, very strong, very Zionistic, right. very proud of of us, of the students that went to the army, right? And that have. Uh, Did you go right after that? I went. I went. So I went for my year in yeshiva. Um, I went from that to the army. Was mom okay with it? Mom. Okay is a really tricky word. <laughs> she, she doesn't like yeah. what you're doing now, probably. Right. Um, no, my mom saw that the Army could do really well for me. And my mom has this wonderful gift that if she sees that there's something positive for her children, she'll be behind it no matter what it, the cost is to her right. or her sanity. Right. You know? Um, Yaakov Gutman's here. Now, your arms are huge. And I would assume that that's, par- I, I would assume that that's part of because of the job you have. Were they like that in the army, or this, um, is, this is a recent development? Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 I won't call my arms huge, but uh, well, I, I do work any out. Any observer would say yeah. so. Uh, it, I, it does help in your profession to have, yeah, to have, have added to, strength, right? You have to, you have to be in shape. Yeah. to be a fireman, you have to, uh, you have to be in shape. You have to keep up with your right. with your physical ability. Um, you know, we've had fires on the seventh, eighth, ninth floor, and you know, I had to run up, deal with a fire pick somebody up on my shoulder, carry him back downstairs, and you can't you do it for a small person. I mean, what the, your nickname is. What is uh, your nickname? No, nah, my nickname is the Grizzly Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, uh, that's uh, that's quite something, schlepping yeah. someone after seven flights up. and uh, well, You know, that's that's what we do. Right. You know, the only way to save lives. Rabbi's job is to make sure that the future education of this world makes sure that it's on the right way. Yours is to inform people and make sure that everyone's informed correctly. Mine's to run up and down a building and work out. At what point did you say to yourself, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a firefighter. So after the Army, I, um, I came back to America for two years. Uh, you know, I did some odd jobs here and there, and I came back to America for about two years. And I, uh, I worked as a, as a fireman, a personal trainer, and plumber. Where? Um, Jersey? I, in Jersey. Okay. And, um, and, uh, and, and it was around that time where I started saying, okay, what do I want to do with my life? How can I help? How can I make my life something that when I turn around in 40 years, I can turn around with a smile and say, hey, I did something. So, you know, being a plumber is a wonderful thing. You help people, you know, sure. you, you made sure that they didn't have problems in their house, whatever it is. Personal trainer, you got people in shape, you got people healthy. It was a wonderful thing and it was a great, great uh, tool to have, you know, in my arsenal, but it wasn't enough for me. And I went, I went in and I, and I went into firefighting and I said, okay, all of a sudden, you know, light switches went on, you know, the halo around my head went, oh, and it was great. Hmm. Um, and I said, this is what I want to do. Now I got to go back to Israel and go do it. And Not do it here. 
it wasn't of doing it here. It was just Israel's my home. Right. Israel is the you know it's the, it's the Jewish homeland. So what they what they say when this American kid wants to be a firefighter in Israel? We're not taking you. Yeah, that, that's what I figured. They <laughs> were, me, they, they were not that five accepting, years. Right? It took me about practically five years because to get we the know about there. the uh, especially in this area. Frankly, we know historically how it was very difficult to break into the fire department in these parts, especially like I say, it's in this, even more so in, in Israel. I can imagine that it's even yeah. more what do we call it provincial right. than it is here. Um, it's a it, and five it, years of what of begging of 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 applying of doing what how to you prove yourself yes all of that stuff <laughs> uh, I breaking mean, down most, doors most people would give up people. after a few months you know look I mean um, my mother and my father's were were people who, who showed me certain tools of dedication and believing in yourself and believing in what's right and if you think you know what's right and you really put it to the test and you really have a dream and a goal that you want to go after. Why go not? And keep going for it, even if it takes yeah, five years. I mean, years. look, if someone's going to say no to you, that's just another so, hurdle you got to jump over. So you entered a fire department in Israel. In what area of Israel? So I work in the Tel Aviv Yafo area. And you have since you started? Since I started. Your Tel Aviv Yafo, that's like, that's, like that's like a big... Uh, it's the We're the second <laughs> biggest station in the country. What's we, the first? First is Be'er Sheva, just because of the size of amount of right. land that they have. Right. But we have the highest population. Um, we have. Where would I find you? What street is the firehouse on? We have five different firehouses. Are you in all? Could you be in any of them? And we circle through them uh, periodically, depending. Is there one need. on Dizengoff? There is not one on. Dizengoff. Is there one in Yafo itself? Yes, there's on Derch Benzvi. Is there one in? Um, well, where's that great restaurant? It's reference. It's always about food. Is there one in Karamatemanim? No, there isn't. Is there one near it? There is. It's close. In case the chef but, burns you know, something? Look, uh, <laughs> we, we trust that you know we set up all the systems prior to you uh, that's know, true. and right. made sure that everything was okay. But um, it's close-ish. But, so uh, you know the whole geography there? I wouldn't say I know the whole geography, but I have a solid understanding I mean, if I it. said, get me to Maganda, you could do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you needed, you got I'm it no problem. Think, I'm trying to think of the most recent one we were at, and I just yeah. I can't, I can't figure it out. But anyway, it's one of those places open until 3 a.m., but I just can't remember. Anyway, a lot of places, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Tell I've been too many places Look, open until 3 a.m. I can tell you this. What anytime. about the Namal? Are you, is there anything near sure. the Namal? We have uh, on, uh, on reading... And the you know the Namal start starts down from Yafo goes all the way up to right. uh, the Namal, which is right by Stay Dove, right. where the the uh, the Air Force base is. So right, that's there, why you always see planes when you're eating dinner. Yeah. yeah, so we're right there, we're right there on the coast. Uh, that's one of our main. That is our main station in Tel Aviv. It's on Evan Gvirol two three one Evan Gvirol. For all the listeners out there, if you're ever in Tel Aviv, you're more than welcome to come stop by the station, come see the trucks, come see us. We're more than happy and always have a door open. Just please know a little bit of Hebrew because some of the guys don't know English. Um, no, but again, everybody's always open. At what point in all of this did you feel accepted? I'm sure day one was hard, right? Accepted as a brother in the firehouse? Yeah, like, you know, this second, second you finish training, you're a brother. You know, you got to go through Even though you're probation. an American and you might have a slightly American accent, all that doesn't stuff. matter. You know, my my first, I'll tell you, my first day, we get in and there's a very big tzirut, uh, probie process, you know, probationary right. member they have to get through. And what you do is, you know, you, you start off at the low. It's a hierarchy. You start off the low and you build yourself up. And our first, uh, my first day there, we had a, uh, we had a fire in a shul on 86. In Tel Aviv? In Tel Aviv. 86 Ben Yehuda. And they, we had a run up to the fourth floor. And all of a sudden there's an incredible amount of gear and everything else. And I was all geared up and jacked up and ready to go. And I just grabbed all the gear that I could put in my hands and on my back and everything else. And I just ran up behind my commander and just started running with him. And he took, turns to me after the fire and he goes, 
why did you carry 80 kilos worth of stuff up the stairs? You could have given it to somebody else. I go, well, we had to get upstairs. We had to do it. And he goes, ah, this is why you're grizzly. You're cool. You're good. You're in. <laughs> and you make yourself a name for and yourself. That was day you create one. yourself. And that was day one. And from yeah. that, I springboarded forward to, you know, to doing to being not only one of the bigger and stronger guys, but one of the guys who's not afraid to, you know, take the next step and just run in and take care of business. Does your um, does your department like the FDNY have added responsibilities? Not only fires. I mean, they take care it's of fire and rescue. So it's yeah. everything. Yeah, we take care of everything. So if you know, some, if cat some, stuck in a tree, burning building. Well, someone, God forbid, has a heart attack, they may call you. So we have we. So the way it's break broken up in Israel is that you have police, uh, fire, and EMS are all are three different bodies. Right. So if somebody has a heart attack and needs medical assistance, so they have to call one hundred and one. Unlike here. Unlike here, right? right. Here you call nine one one. You and get and the dispatcher will send you out to whatever it right. is. In Israel, you call one hundred for the police, one hundred and one for ambulance, one hundred and two for fire. And for all the listeners out there that are going to Israel, those are three numbers right. that you must remember when you come into the country. Right. Uh, Yaakov Gutman's here. Uh, I know we have to talk about the Sinai dinner, but there's... <laughs> oh, do they know in the firehouse that you're being honored? Uh, yes, because we did the video there and we filmed there, oh, yeah? but I didn't explain to them right. in depth what everything was. It's just, you know, I'm going to America, I'm, you know, and I got to speak at a dinner. All right, batzalacha, have a good time, right. good luck with everything. They'll see the video on right. Facebook. And then the eventually they'll see the video right. and everything else, and I'm sure I'll get ripped for that one when I get back to the station. <laughs> 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 Firefighters true. are not, not, not easy. Great people. But not easy to deal with. When, what percentage uh, of the department are Datim? Is there a statistic? Uh, I don't know the the, the statistic a lot, of though, it. Or not uh, that very many. small. Very small. Very small. You know, you work on Shabbat. You work right. on uh, you work on Chagim. Uh, since I've been a firefighter, I haven't been you know I haven't been home for Rosh Hashanah. Um, I haven't been home for actually that's not true. I was home for one seder, I think. Yeah, I was home for one Seder, but the next day I was right back on shift. Are any of those nights particularly active, or it could be Seder a night is always active for some reason. I don't you know think what it is. Because of all the is. cooking or all the no, not it not not connected to you know Seder's or Jewish mothers right. or anything else. It's just an active night. Always is for some reason. It's like you God, think Lel you know, Shimurim would be a little less active, oh, huh? I, I mean, I, that's wow. what I thought of. You know, like we sit down, all of a sudden everyone's like, you know, Kadesh, or oh, and we're out to a call. You know, we come back, or and boom, out to another call. You know, it's the second you sit down, and everyone's like, all right, you know, forget the Shulchan Aruch, let's go. You know, and unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I spent, are you familiar with the uh, Jerusalem geography? Sure. So you know what Give Up Mordechai is? Of course. You know that it had a fire station. Yes, of course. It, it may still have, does it They still, still have a fire there. At the bottom of Rechov Shachal. Correct. I spent a lot of time there as a kid. A really? lot of time on that street. Okay. And the joke was mm-hmm. that it was the least used fire department on planet Earth. Right. Because <laughs> Israel's all stone and there's never a fire in Israel. <laughs> then I, then I grow up. And I see that that's not the case. That is not the case whatsoever. Even in Jerusalem, right? Even in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Tveria, wherever you want to go, there are there are some stations that are you know that are less active, right. and you have that in the same thing in New York. You have right. stations that are less active, one more than you know some stations that are more active. Haifa, um, Haifa, and Tel Aviv are the two most active stations in Israel. Right. Um, we, I know here the FDNY when there's an inactive station, people joke that they that the firefighters sleep in their pajamas. I guess in your in your department yeah. nobody sleeps in their pajamas. I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just change real quickly. <laughs> You're extra yeah. speedy. Yeah, look, you know, I, I want to be comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. You know? like I don't want to sleep in my you know nasty stuff, so I can change. You know, like that's great. You do what you got to do. You know, how, how how heavy is your equipment? The basic equipment. Like um, when you go to a call, you're wearing at least what? You're wearing at least an extra 15 kilos. You're talking about 30, 40 pounds. 
of gear with you when minimum. you're minimum walking in, you know, boots, uh, boots, pants, you know, jacket and uh, and, you know, tank on your back. Can we talk about the, the, the closest call you ever had in terms of your own life or you don't? Um, that? Yeah, I mean, thank God, you know, we're, we're very professional and we're very, very. Yeah, but we know uh, that even professionals, unfortunately, you know, for sure. Are victims of accidents. Um, so, I mean, I really have to say I, I haven't had any crazy, crazy close calls, but there have been some times where where, you know, uh, we went. We went searching through it. We got a call in a um, in a warehouse, and we were searching through. And as we were searching and going and moving through the building, um, we just you know completely lost sight of where our door was. And we weren't going in with a knot. We weren't going in with a hose. Um, we just were going into search and rescue. And there was another team on the other side who's coming in with uh, with water. And we got to a point. We got to a corner. And we kind of, and we looked through the thermal imaging camera, and we saw the wall in front of us was completely red hot. And you couldn't see the fire yet because the, the smoke was so thick, wow. but you could see how the heat of it. And me and my partner kind of looked at each other and went, you know, like, oh, boy, that wall I think is, it's time to leave. That wall's going to come down. <laughs> and right? that wall's going to come down. And as, you know, to, you know, we turned around and, tried, and you know, continued searching the room. And once we finished searching the room, I would say about 15 seconds or 10 seconds later, the wall did come down, right. fire raging and coming through. So, I mean, that was, I guess, a close call. I guess. You know, I mean, you were saved by 15 seconds, frankly. You know, as, you want to know what? Again, it, it was our professionalism and our and our knowledge of fire and chemistry, physics of what's going on at that time, being able to read the situation correctly, that we said, okay, it is time to get out of here. Let's move. Right. You know, versus, let's say, somebody else who is not as professional would have said, no, nah, I'll keep searching and keep moving, and I'll check the wall, and, he, you know, something much worse could have happened. Right. Does one pray in that situation? You know, I'll be honest. I, excluding the army, I never was in a situation where I looked up and it was like, God, please help me now. Right. You know, um, when you go into a fire, you don't think about it. You think about the people that are in front of you, making sure to save whoever you got to save or, or do whatever you got to do. Were there times you've entered a structure thinking nobody was inside and discovered someone was inside? Sure. That happens. Yeah, um, we had a, you know, we had we had some tough calls where everyone said, you know, building's clear, we got to go, and uh, unfortunately, showed up, and uh, there was one person left. Wow. You know, we had to bring him out. Uh, I'll tell you, Rabbi Rothfox, do we agree he's a hero of Israel or not? I, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, look, I don't he, care what he, he says. That, <laughs> that hero word is, uh, is is very very strong and, uh, and a little bit overdue. You how know, many, we're not heroes. How many total heroes are in the department? We have um, 2,678 firefighters. And you deal with, in the five in Tel Aviv, you deal with how many firefighters? We have 120 in our station. And you know all of them? Of course. We're right. all brothers. Right. Well, you know your brother growing up, right? Yeah, but 120, that's, you know, it's a challenge remembering everyone. It's a big everyone. family. Right. <laughs> you know, knowing the wives and the kids, that's a challenge. Right. But the brothers themselves, <laughs> we all know each other. And our firefighters uh, good cooks, as we get the impression from movies oh, yeah. and television? They are good cooks. Oh, yeah. I mean, any time. Even in Israel. Nachum, you are always more than welcome to come challenge you have to our tell cooking me when. school. You got to tell me when to show up. The door is always open to you whenever you want. But I want to show up when the best cook is preparing right. lunch. That's what I want to do. Um, I'll make sure he's on If you don't like it, you could always go to that restaurant that's open until 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. You know, or hello, Tim. A little la lasagna on Disney Yeah, right, there you go. They never had a fire, thank God. No, no, no. You never know with that lasagna. You never know what they go up It could be a little fiery. (laughs) (laughs) The Sinai Annual Benefit Dinner happens on the 25th of February. Not only um, uh, will you be able to support an amazing cause, but you'll be able to meet and see a brand new film uh, about Yaakov Gutman. Uh, It'll premiere at the Sinai Dinner. It's called Walking Through Fire, Overcoming Disabilities and Painful Loss. He, Yaakov, rose to create 
his own destiny. In addition to Yaakov Gutman, who's an alum, as we heard earlier, of Sinai and a hero of this feature film, Chazen Shim and Ruthie Kramer of Riverdale, New York, Dr. Joshua and Amy Fogelman of Fairlawn, uh, Drs. Gerardo and Perla Blanovich of Englewood, Shimmy Stein of Bergenfield, He'll be recognized as a uh, Shomer Sheirit Yisrael awardee and as a community partnership award being given to Lawrence and Sarah, CEO of Insera ShopRite Supermarkets and his entire family. The dinner program, as we said, will include the short documentary Walking Through Fire. If you've been intrigued by this conversation, I am sure you'll be fascinated by the film on the 25th of February. Information about all of this, it's happening Sunday, February the 25th at the Glen Point Marriott Hotel in Teaneck, New Jersey. Starts at 4.45 with the program at 6.30. It's SinaiDinner.org. SinaiDinner.org is the trailer on the site? Yes. Uh, trailer for the film, which is it's just short. You'll see it, folks. It's short and to the point. It's on the site, SinaiDinner.org. Uh, an absolute pleasure to have you in studio. Uh, I, I, could do this, I could do this for the next couple of hours, but I don't know if that's <laughs> fair to people coming up after me. Um, but just uh, incredible work and um, the heroism and the dedication to the people of Israel is remarkable. Thank I, you. I, Thank I mean, you very much. And there's no such thing as an average day, right? You never know what the day no, is going to bring. That's the beauty of my job. I get to go in and uh, just go, okay, let's see what happens. Do you have to go around inspecting fire hydrants and things like that? Sure. Yeah, we have stuff. fire inspectors, we have fire marshals, arson detectives. Calls uh, about uh, gas yeah. leaks and things like that? Of course. All gas leaks are actually one of the biggest things. I don't know if, if who's been following up the news or, whatever, or anything else, but uh, about four or five months ago in Yafo, there was a massive, massive gas explosion. Um, and we showed up on scene. We had, unfortunately, we lost three people there. Wow. Uh, three lives were lost there. What was the source? Um, a guy was selling illegal gas out of his, uh, out of his building. And it was a huge, huge tank. And literally, a, you know, in Israel, it's concrete. Right. It's not, you know, wood, wood-built structures. Right. Blew the entire structure. I mean, we're talking That's massive a- collapsing. We had to bring in the army to help us with, uh, with you know, bringing hydraulic tools and, uh, and tractors. And is, is there else. a fire section of the army? Sure. Yeah, it's the air force. The air force is a huge, huge fire. Has firefighters and come they in, cooperate come wonderfully with you. Yeah, we are we are very much so hand in hand. We go back and forth. We brought in a dog unit to make sure to check for bodies. I mean, it was really uh, it was a massive, massive procedure that went on. You know, Tel Aviv Yafo reminds me that you have a very mixed population in that, that area. Is correct. Does the Arab population get along with the firefighters like everyone else? Um, some do. Um, they're realizing it more now as we're responding more. You know the. The Arab-Israeli conflict is is obviously very strong, and it makes a um, makes a very big impact. And on the day to day, as a fireman, when you're driving the truck, you know you you don't feel it. You know people are just respective. Okay, these guys are here to come save us. You know it's a big difference again of you know holding a gun and holding a fire hose. Right. You know a gun is is you know has has these negative connotations that come with it. A whole, you know, the fire hoses, we're just coming to save you. I don't care if you're white, black, right. Asian, Arab, Jew, or whatever. You know, race, creed, and culture don't care for Or us. a visitor from Africa. Or a visitor from Africa, <laughs> exactly. Talk about the current you know, news. <laughs> um, you know, it does, doesn't bother us, and it doesn't bother them. It just lets it let us do our job, let us get in there, let us save you, and let us go home. Right. Unbelievable. Yaakov Gutman, uh, he'll be there at the Sinai Dinner, 25th of February, SinaiDinner.org, or by Rothwax, anything to add? No, I just, just that... 
you know, I'm sitting here. I've heard the story so many times. And still, <laughs> you still get it, right? I'm still, you know, I wouldn't say choked up, but I'm, I, I, I get, I get emotional. I, the story of Yaakov is a story of, of perseverance, and uh, everybody, you know, has the opportunity to persevere with the struggles that they have in their life, no matter what. And and Yaakov has shown our students. He actually spent the day on Tuesday in school, oh, talking to uh, all of the Krishna High School students. Our students. That was intense. The questions that were asked were really just from the, the fact that they found out you're a firefighter. They must have yeah. freaked out. Just that I alone. Mean, <laughs> between firefighter and what I did in the army, the kids were just you know, oh, okay, so what about this? What about this? What about this? And I was more more than happy to answer all their questions, to sit with them, to talk with them, and and it's really the big reason that I came here was to to be for the kids. Wow. Beyond the coolness of it, the, the kids. We're asking questions about what was it like to be bullied? What was it right. like? You know, how did you feel? And and you know, he's he's a he's a, a model of perseverance for for all of our kids. Unbelievable. Mom will be at the dinner. Oh yeah, <laughs> mom, wife, son. Oh, well, maybe son. We gotta see if he'll be up for it. But if not, definitely mom and wife. Phenomenal. Um, just incredible. I make sure, please, mm-hmm. that by Rothwax or whoever's in charge there at that dinner mentions your greatest claim to fame, that you are a lifeguard at Camp Masora. Oh, that's after, right. After all, we don't want Ari Katz, yeah. who's probably listening right now, we don't want him to overlook the fact uh, that a great hero of Israel is a Camp Masora alum. Oh, it's not only not only as a lifeguard, but yeah. also a camper there. There you go. All uh, right. A camper there from Shalhevet all the way through, kept as a lifeguard, and... Uh, Oh my God! Best experiences in the summer. Get so, about the impact of Sinai in this thing. So, we should get Ari in here. Right? So, if you, so if you at all visit during the summer, we, you and I will drive up to Missouri for the day. My pleasure, It'd and be we'll an speak honor. to the kids up there. That'll be great. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much my for being pleasure. here. My pleasure. Just uh, an, an incredible visit. Uh, a big thank you to uh, Yaakov Gutman, to Rabbi Rothwax, and to all of you who again are going to be supporting Sinai uh, through this amazing gathering on the 25th of February in Teaneck. Go to SinaiDinner.org, SinaiDinner.org, or dial 201-833-1134. This is JM in the AM.